Hey, we like Dota listeners, just a really quick note before we get into today's episode. This was the first time that we were using this particular setup where Ian and I, or Elihu and Savage Cake, were in the same room, but we were on the other side, so we've got a bit of an echo that we did not recognize until the end. So I pray you'll forgive us for that a little annoying audio glitch that happens, and I hope that regardless, you enjoy today's episode. Thanks a lot. We Like Dota comes in support from our generous patrons. Patrons like Yield Raven, Samson Magnuson, Nathan Johnson, RX Cowbell, Monster, CBX, Mr. Fancy Pants, Icebug, Titus Andromeda, Paul Turner, Jeff Peterson, Zeke, Draw- Straw Cab, That Charlie, Johnny, Darkstorm Dota, Pistol Pete, Matthew Evans. To add your name as a Patreon supporter, Go to welikedota.com and follow links to the Patreon. We Like Dota, episode 400, starts now. Internet. Welcome to We Like Dota, the Internet's casual Dota 2 podcast. My name is Elihu. You might know me as Marked, but if you have ever wondered how to say my name in the We Like Dota Discord, it's Elihu or Elihu. I respond to any of those. And I am joined today by Savage Cake, a.k.a. my 14-year-old son, Ian. Welcome. Hello. All right. Now, as we get started, I just uh, if anybody or I guess either of us have had a shocking wreck in the last 24 hours, say I. I. (laughs) Uh, Ian, do you want to kind of share with our listeners what happened? Well, I was I was going down a hill on my bike from a friend's house and I decided that I was going to hit the brakes because I thought I was going too fast, and I fell, and I still don't remember much of anything from then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last night was scary. We had some concerns. We There were some concussion-like symptoms, but Miss Jill, who's a very close friend of Mom's, uh, she got a call. We called her. She's a pediatrician and answered some questions, and today you were doing much, much better, I have to say. Yes. All right. And you feeling better? Yes. All right. And so you're ready to talk about some Dota? Why not? <laughs> I'm not able to play any. So. <laughs> yeah, we're still keeping you away from screens right now. So uh, let's go ahead and let's talk about, let's go to a segment that we call Dota Feelings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at it go. Okay, now for those who perhaps are new listeners or are unaware, this is a segment where we discuss not only our week in Dota, but more importantly, how it made us feel. Now, I've already told the listeners, Ian, that you are 14 years old and you are my son, but what they may not know is that you actually have been around Dota for quite some time. Do you want to give the listeners some explanation about your experience with Dota? Sure. Well, it basically, I basically was exposed to Dota back when we lived in Ohio. 
-hmm. when you would play on the computer and I would just kind of sit there and watch because it's like, ooh, screen, fun. <laughs> and I was the first ever hero to come out that I actually noticed as a new hero was Oracle. Back when he came out, oh, wow. okay. I was there. Mm -hmm. Yep. But overall, I started playing passive bot matches, easy bot matches, stuff like that. And then one day I got on my dad's account and decided that I was going to play a couple turbos when turbo <laughs> came out. I did I not do very that. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been supposed to Dota throughout the years. I actually got out of it for quite a while when we were moving mm -hmm. from Ohio to Kentucky. But now I'm back into it, and I'm playing some Dota games. Mm -hmm. Yep, and you have gotten your rank. You have been involved in the WLDL this year, so yep. that has been cool. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. And even if our intrepid listeners are interested, you helped me cast some matches back about five years ago when you were that nine. Is, that is right. I would say, well, he hits the thing or something like that because <laughs> I had no idea whatever the abilities that were casting. But then, because of all the abilities I was seeing, I started to understand a lot of them, which gave me my inspiration to play Rubik. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that is your key hero, your signature hero so far, I would say. Yes. The one you are most familiar with. So, more recently, I want to ask how your week has been in Dota and how it has made you feel. Hmm. Well, lately in the week, I've been switching from my... I was getting into Tidehunter offlane. Mm -hmm. And then I decided I'm going to switch back to support, and it did not go very well for me. Mm. I had a game as... Well, I did one mid-game, and I had a game as Outward Devourer, and I was against a Rubik, though. Mm -hmm. So it was miserable. Oh, man, yeah. Because the Rubik knew what he was doing. And... And then I had some support matches that did not go my way either. So it just it just made me a little bit angry. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure how to get back into the flow of gaining rank. Mm -hmm. I did drop down to Herald once, but then I made it back up into Guardian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been interesting. Uh, and just learning new and what I've been trying to impress upon you and talking about and something I don't do enough myself is just emphasizing a few heroes and then climbing there. I have not played a lot of Dota. Honestly, I have not played much since the patch came out. There's not been a whole lot. For me, I've been playing more of a game called Seven Days to Die, which is more or less Minecraft for grown-ups because <laughs> you're crafting and building and okay. killing zombies <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> But that's more of what I have been playing. I did play a little bit in our WLDL uh, series with Team Dagon. Uh, you stood in for Game 1 against Team Weak. Yes. And then we had another stand-in for Game 2, and then finally our carry came back for Game 3. But in Game 1, we had a good lineup. You were Rubik again. Yes. And that match, do you remember who I was playing 
It was Undying. I believe you're playing... Oh, yeah. I was yeah, about was to say un- Spirit Breaker or Undying. Undying, yeah. I played Undying that match. <laughs> they had a lot of strength heroes, so I was running around stealing lots of strength and having a lovely time doing that. We won that match. We ultimately did not win the series, so GG's to Team Week. We'll talk more about that when we get to the WLDL. But, yeah, D- Dota honestly has made me feel weird. I lost a lot, but lately I've been kind of playing more casually and more unranked and I guess I've been enjoying it more so I've been reminded why I enjoy this crazy stupid chaotic game that we play and you and I talk about it a fair amount yep yeah so those are my Dota feelings anything you want to add how you feel or how you have felt about Dota recently well, I'm going to say, going along with my main Rubik and how I have been playing a lot of Tidehunter, it gets kind of ironic, because when I'm playing Tidehunter, I always ban Rubik, <laughs> and then I just feel this feeling of despair, like, this is your main hero, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm playing Tide, I don't want to get screwed over. Yes, yes, because you have been the Rubik to yes. mess over the Tide. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's great when you're Rubik and you steal a big Tide alt or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that in some of our WLDL matches, you've stolen uh, tree- uh, Macropire, Epicenter, um, the Tree Alt, uh, Overgrowth. The tree Alt, yes. Overgrowth. Yeah. Uh, I stole Assassinate once, I think. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be fun. So, yeah, you know those times when you don't want to play against a Rubik because that's what you've primary, primarily played. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. That's just about all I have to add to Dota Feelings. Okay. Well, with our feelings wrapped up, we're going to go into the news. (laughs) (laughs) To read the future, I need entries! There is a lot of news that has been happening. This... Let's see, that was... There's been a lot of news that's gone on since the last episode has come out. So first of all, I want to talk about the Lima Major. It has completely concluded even a week ago. And Game and Gladiators won their first Valve Major. So congrats to Game and Gladiators with CCNC as their mid, who used to be in North America, but is now in, in Europe. East or Western Europe, excuse me, playing for Game and Gladiators. Congrats to them. Uh, tell me, Ian, for tell the listeners, because I know, how much did you follow the Lima Major? What were you following? What were your observations? Um, I I like tuned into some matches on Twitch after I was done playing Dota, so I saw quite a bit. And sometimes in the morning, I saw their matches, but there was so much going on at once sometimes. Mm-hmm. Until, like, we actually got to the group stage when it was finally, like, concluded and everybody was put into different brackets. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, at the starting point, it was just, it was jumbly, to to say the least. Yeah, there were four streams, all with their own series of matches, and then there was the hub, more or less. And so there was just so much Dota happening in a period of about four or five days. It was hard yeah. to follow everything. I gotta say, those teams that dropped out and didn't make it to the group stage, such as, like, Betboom and... Wait, did Execration make it? I, didn't I think don't remember. Did. TSM, I know, didn't TSM make it out. But did any, not make the it, The last correct. three of each group did not make it beyond the group stage <laughs> to the bracket stage. 
Yes. So then you get to the group stage, and Game and Gladiators basically two owed the entire league. <laughs> they they just stomped on everybody. Yeah, it was really essentially. Com- Game and Gladiators was doing very very well. Liquid also was looking. Frankly, I thought Liquid was going to be unstoppable. And then we don't know the details, but their manager Blitz. Uh, mentioned or put on Twitter that Boxy, who's their four, was heading back to Europe for some sort of medical issue. He asked people not to speculate. We're not going to do that here. But it was just, it was very out of left field. And so their and their, their analyst, that's the word I'm looking for, their analyst Jabba stood in. Did you catch any of the games? I don't recall. Did you catch any of the games where Jabba or Jabs uh, was standing in? I believe so. I did see the Liquid versus Talon. Not the full game, but mm-hmm. I saw some of it. I didn't see much of Jabs' gameplay, though. But I gotta say, if he's an analyst, I, I bet he still plays Dota. Because he's a Dota analyst. He'll want to know more. Yeah, that was one of the things that was important to bring out, that this was not some scrub they pulled off the street. This guy's a 9K player. So he was very high level. And no, he didn't have the intricate teamwork like they had with Boxy, but Teos was not pulling just any old scrub in. He did very well. Now, the first series against Talon, they lost... But then when they had a couple of days, they went back, and I can't remember how they made their, bra- their lower bracket run. They actually made it to the championships. It was very confusing when they played Ch- when they played Talon because Jabs plays for Talon, and Jabba, who also goes by Jabs, played for Liquid. So it was very confusing. Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of confusion on both sides. Yeah. So that was going on, but it still ended up that Liquid got to the grand final. They were the runners-up. And it was just, it was a fantastic, it was a fantastic event, all of the technical issues notwithstanding, which there were plenty earlier on. Um, But from the Lima Major, what were some of the trends that you saw? Heroes, sides, I know that in group comms you shared something about Dire Side at one point. Yes, the Dire Side had a 60% win rate over the Radiant Side with a 40% win rate throughout the entire Major. That is very significant. 60% on the dire side. And did you hear any any analysis about why that was? No, I did not hear any analysis. All I heard is that there was a win rate on the dire side for 60%, and the Radiant had a 40% win rate. Okay. So. Okay. Well, and I know that when we would talk about it in group comms, the... Whoever was playing carry would usually talk about the farming pattern and which was easier, which they liked more. And one time, I know one of our guys said the only reason he liked Radiant is because he liked scrolling up rather than scrolling down. But that was that was the extent of yeah. his. <laughs> that was the extent of his opinion about it. At Lena, unsurprisingly, was picked a lot. Lena Major. Yeah, it was the Lena Major. Uh, Broodmother was picked and banned a lot. Uh, Nature's Prophet. Nature's Prophet. Yeah. Tree and Protector, Undying. Uh, I gotta say, I was kind of surprised with, uh, like... I'm guessing Bristleback may not be too much of meta, but I feel like he can be really strong against some of the games that 
they just didn't pick him and the teams that they had. But one team could have picked him, and I think that would have made a difference if they did. Yeah, and looking back, it's it's quite possible. Now, I, he was not one of those that went unpicked or unbanned. No, so he was picked. He was picked somewhere along the line. I don't know where that was. I don't know if you saw that one or not. No, I did okay. not. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So, yeah, the Lena Major was concluding, and everybody was looking forward to the new, okay, patch. It had been announced to say, here's what's going to happen, here's when it's going to happen, which brings us to our second news item, the new patch, which, what was it? It was a new hero, Muerta, and a couple fixes. Yeah, it was, you can say that Lena got dumpstered, Lena yep. got nerfed hard, Broodmother Absolutely. got nerfed hard, Nature's Prophet got nerfed hard, and then it was just kind of a tweak, I felt like. Yeah, and discussing Muerta, she just... The tweaks um, with the other heroes, it's just kind of like you add a new hero, but nothing else. Mm -hmm. Just a new hero and nothing else going on. Besides, like, huge nerfs and stuff. Yeah, it, it was an adjustment path. It was a, excuse me, yeah, adjustments. But other than that, there was nothing. And pretty much everybody in the community was expecting was expecting map changes and maybe adjustments on perhaps new neutral items or tweaks on it. But yeah, it was more uh, of just a balance patch. Yeah, I was really hoping on getting new neutral items. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was rather underwhelming. So shortly after everybody saw this, I know I saw on Twitter that there was another announcement that in uh, April... Oh, I'm sorry? A oh, what's going to happen in April? In April, there's supposed to be this big patch that we're expecting, but it didn't come out mm. this week, not like everybody expected before. So apparently we're looking to April now, but that was all the details given, April. And I think that might be after that might be halfway through or in the midst of the DPC leagues for the next season. Mm. So we were looking to March and now we're looking to April. Yep. Essentially. Yep. So what are your thoughts on Huerta? We're not going to do a hero overview like we normally would, but what are your thoughts on Huerta? She feels very underpowered. Okay. I, I feel like her build going like Maelstrom a little bit and sometimes even Glepnir just to get that good fear shot in. Mm -hmm. It just feels like she's so easy to kite. Mm -hmm. If if you want to kite her, if you're a quick hero, any quick hero, you can kite her fairly easily. Because okay. during her ult, she moves so slow. Okay. And her, like, the calling is... Basically, what I see as the best control ability she has to like push people out of a space or keep them in. Yeah, the calling is a big AOE where if one of the ghosts that go in a in a counterclockwise fashion, there are four of them. If they hit a hero, they they silence the hero. Is that right? They silence the hero. Correct. And then they slow anyone in that AOE. So not as bad as Warlock's upheaval. But they are yeah. slowed in an AoE. It's kind of that similar feel. But her being a carry, just your other carry can basically ignore her unless you like have absolutely no magic. I mean, like physical damage. Okay. 
Because, like, then you would be just throwing a bunch of magic. I, did I say physical out there? I thought I meant magic. If you have absolutely no magic damage, that's when Muerta can actually do stuff. But then if your physical heroes are fast, you can just get them away from Muerta in the time that is needed. Okay. Sure, it's a fear shot. Sure, there's a Glepnir, but if you had somebody like Dark Willow, it, it wouldn't matter. She couldn't attack. <laughs> she couldn't do just about anything. Yeah. Basically, everything I see so far between the discussion in the WLD Discord and on Twitter and even, I know you watch Grubby some, and I've yes. watched him some, there's been discussions about, is she a carry? There are people playing her as a five, just yes. maxing the calling like we were talking about. She does, have, she does have kind of a cool passive where occasionally she might, even though she's a ranged hero, it's almost like an Echo Saber, she might occasionally shoot a second shoot one. Another, yeah, shoot another. Yeah, add shot. another target. Yeah. Or at the same target. That That's what's going to make her good if you can actually get her to that point. Because mm -hmm. a Hurricane Pike in a Scotty going along with the Calling. Mm -hmm. No, wait, no, not the Calling. Um, tor the Veil. The touring, tearing the Veil? I'm not I'm not sure what her ultimate's called. Uh, pierce the Veil. Here it is. Pierce, pierce, the, th pierce the Veil. Yeah. Okay. So, and Pierce the Veil, if you got that Hurricane Pike, you can get to them. And then with that Scotty, they have nowhere to go. But then comes to the issue that you are really easy to exploit early game. Okay. And you're, you're a squishy hero, after all. So, I think, if anything, they either, like, buff, buff some uh, Muertos, like, maybe Gunslinger, so it can go to things that are not in vision. I was always thinking of her being some sort of push, maybe if she would be. Like, you get boots of travel, you act hmm. like a an annoying bat rider going around the map. I was I was thinking about that, but it seems that she would go really well as a support hero, as creating space and getting, like, your carry out of danger. Okay. If you got, like, save items like four staff, yules, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't say anything about Muerta because all I've I, it's only been what I've read and seen. I have not played her, with the exception of I went into a demo mode, and I wanted to see if the second shot, the, gl the gunslinger shot, carried, carried attack effects, attack modifiers, like Desolator, like Scotty, like Maelstrom, and they do. Mm, I would they be, do. They That's... do. But it's it's interesting because the, the the maelstrom, for example, you have twenty five percent on. It's a separate twenty five percent instance or whatever the percentage is with maelstrom on the primary shot as it would the secondary shot. So you may proc the maelstrom on the secondary shot or the first one, or both of them. And it, it was interesting just to watch that interaction at least. As I I mean I only spent a few minutes so I can't tell you all the math, but. It was an interesting take for me. Yeah. She just... To me, she feels like a hero with some mixed abilities besides, like, uh, Fear Shot and The Calling. Mm -hmm. That's that's all I can about see, because if you get a blink, maybe it'll be pretty easy to dodge those Fear Shots if you see it coming. Yeah. So there's a lot of heroes that can counter her. Yeah, I, so, I, I'm not sure yeah. what, what they're goal is for her they have her listed as a nuker and a carry but there's still a lot to be to be determined yeah 
But other than that, the more important part of this particular release were the hats, the new items that came out. I know one in particular caught your eye. Hmm? Where's hats? Well, hats is the new sets. Oh, yeah. So th um... let me give you a quick history on that. It used to be, I think, in Counter-Strike was it that they were no it was, it was team fortress 2 i'm sorry in team fortress they were literal hats and so that nomenclature has come across that anytime they're new sets people just refer to them as hats okay so that's what i'm talking so, about those the the sets my that came out. favorite my favorite set had to be the io altar ball it, yes it is so i i want that thing so bad it lo just looks so good it's they, they really need to add some sort of ability effect to go with it. I think just, there are. I you, think it does have some... Are? I think there are unique animations and such for that particular... Now, it is a what's called a Tier 3, and they have this mini-game yeah. where you have so many Tier 1s and Tier 2s, so you have to trade your way up to a Tier 3. So it would take a while to grind that, but it, it yeah. does look really good. The Pudge and the IO sets are Tier 3s. Mm -hmm. They the Pudge set I gotta say, is just kind of like the other doll Pudge set, but mm -hmm. just darker. It's it's not super unique, mm -hmm. but it's still like a it's still like a persona, so it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. I have other Pudge sets that I prefer, but I didn't mind it. Uh, and frankly, even the other sets, I didn't know how much you spent looking at those. I thought they were pretty good. They had this uh, Spanish Day of the Dead type feel and. Uh, they did motif yeah. about them so they were kind of themed in that way mm -hmm. and they them all going with a theme in one simple chest really uh, it's crate chest whatever you want to call it it just <laughs> it's fine it's just kind of it's nice it's all focused on one like theme in some way. Yeah, and the it's... altar ball though was kind of a little bit out of place. I felt like that was a little bit Egyptian. It just looked like it. I don't know. It's possible. I have to look back at that one. I think it has to do well. It. I felt like they were all very muerta themed, but I can't say that I spent a ton of time uh, unpacking all of those. So, so that's that is all that. If you have not yet, I encourage you to go out and check out those sets that came out. But it's been almost a week. And if you're listening to us and you haven't checked out those, what are you doing with your life? Come on, catch up. All right, so the next item in the news is unfortunate. Uh, Ian, how familiar are you with Beyond the Summit? I am quite familiar. I remember watching them mm -hmm. quite a lot. They're just, they're like a, a stream Dota 2, mm -hmm. basically. They got some games. Yeah, they had, they've hosted a number of different, not just Dota 2, but they've hosted uh, Smash. They've hosted, I think, uh, Valorant at some point. They've hosted yeah, other games. Yeah, I was about games, to say. But their, their summit tournaments became very fundamental, I would say, in the, in the year because... It was very different. People would all the hero, all the excuse me, all the players would just be at the BTS house. They would go there, and it was very casual. But it was still very cool to be able to see what was going on. 
And BTS, unfortunately, Beyond the Summit is closing their doors. Uh, they may have another week left, mm. but they are closing. And even even not having the summit the last couple of years with COVID and so on, there were the the Summit Pro Series. That's what they were called, the Summit Pro Series. And I know you've watched a variety of yes. those. Yes, yes, I have. <clears throat> Those would usually feature teams that didn't make it to the Dota Pro Circuit or regional yeah. teams. There was, like, there's a lot of these small teams that got, like, a little bit of a chance there at mm -hmm. the Summit Series and stuff like that. So it, it could even be, it was a fallback for some teams if they didn't make it to the DPC. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was very, very cool low commitment and usually you'd get tier two or tier three casters for it but i just found it was very enjoyable when there wasn't high level dota that you still had stuff that was professionally produced cast and everything and i think the dota community as a whole is going to be uh, we're going to be lesser for not having something like the summit i think they really were pivotal for many years in the community and it's very it's very sad to see them close their doors yep okay but on to other happier topics we talked about the lima major but we have not yet spoken about the true tournament that everybody's talking about ian tell me about the wldl where are we uh when you say where are we, I'm not sure what context we're putting that in. <laughs> well, we have finished the group stage on all of the divisions, the Kaya, Yasha, and Sanj divisions. All have finished, and they have entered their bracket stage. Uh, I know that the team that we played with, Team Dagon, we may have been the first out of the Yasha division. <laughs> oh eliminated from the Yasha division. <laughs> so... Shout out to Team Week. As I said, they had they put together good game plan against us, but it was still fun, and we have continued to try our approach of having fun games, but having a bit of a competitive environment. It's like almost if you played, and Ian, I'm not sure how familiar you are with intramural sports, but those sports where you're not getting paid for it, but it's something you enjoy doing, and you can have some competition, and it's just fun for everybody. That's really the gist. Okay. <laughs> how much? How many games do you think you got to play for the WLDL this year? Uh, five. five? I think I played in like five total. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, I was like Rubik every single time. <laughs> well, often when you're a stand-in, you kind of say, here are my best heroes. And they yeah. go with that because uh, I'm going to go back to Team Liquid for a second. Even when, even our little team I know how different it would be having a stand-in and it was difficult to play with with when we didn't have the communication that we had gotten used to yeah it was it was kind of different uh, at times calling you Elihu instead <laughs> of dad or something yes. like that <laughs> yes and you'll notice that I've been calling you Ian instead of savage cake question yes. mark exclamation point this whole time Yes. 
So yeah, the uh, WLDL presses on. We are into the bracket stage. Things are proceeding as they have been. And yeah, we are looking forward to bringing this home. Hopefully we can get some fun stuff lined up with perhaps an all-star match or perhaps a, how shall I say, a celebrity match, so to speak. Uh, not real celebrities, but we like Dota celebrities, so that's all in context. But yeah, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. Yes, it has. So now that we are like out of the Yasha division, do you know what teams remain? That is an excellent question. If you give me one second, I can pretty well look up. I, I don't know where the other divisions stand at this point, but if I okay. go to the teams, I'm going to go down to Yasha. As I said, I think we are the first one out, but Team Week, Team Week European Coalition of Dreams, Secret Agent Roshan, Savory Characters, Press Buttons, H1, and Greg Boys. I believe, are still churning away unless there's uh, been another elimination that I'm not aware of. I thought we eliminated H1, but I guess they're still in. Yeah, I, 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 I played the wrong game. <laughs> well, what I can say is that we we did defeat H1 when it came to the regular group stage. Yeah. But when it came to bracket stage, we did not play against H1. No. Yeah. So I'm not sure where all of it stands. Honestly, having multiple divisions, it gets difficult to keep track of. It, for those who don't know, I have designed and I've been running the WLD League website. I, I used to run the whole tournament. That was way too much. Uh, and I didn't do a great job of that, but I did that year, for a couple of years. But I pretty much focus on the back end stuff now. And I need to find a good way to reflect the brackets. I am not good at doing that when it comes to HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And yeah, all of that is the next stage of that website development. But uh, Ian, did you have any other last pieces of news or shall we move on to Noobs Ask Noobs? The question that, excuse me, the segment of the show where some of our community, the noobs there, ask us, the noobs here. I do not have anything else to say. <laughs> All right, let's go to Noobs Ask Noobs. Holy shit! If you want peace, you must prepare for war. If you want war, you must also prepare for war. The lesson is, always prepare for war! Okay, we have a lot of people who have stepped up for from the community for this. 33. Uh, whoops, I, if I could alt-tab to the right area, I would be able to get to the questions. There we go. So, let's just pull out a couple of questions here. Um, from Zach. Ian, which Dota 2 item would you least want to eat? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, there's a lot of items that I don't want to eat. Uh-huh. But if it if it had to come down to one that I did not like absolutely did not want to eat, I'd have to say uh the pig pole. <laughs> I do not want to eat that pig that's staring at me the entire time that's head on a stick. I hate how it looks at me. 
That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Baby Bok Choi says, asks the question, maybe blade mail. She answers that question saying the blade mail, maybe the blade mail would be terrible. Oh man. But I, I'm relating to fear here yes. of the pig pole. <laughs> that's very, very fair. And uh, yeah, anything sword related, I would not want to eat. Uh, would not want to eat the radiance. Uh, blade mail. Cloak of flames. Cloak of flames. Nothing of that nature. No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay, uh, a non-Dota related question from Greg. Uh, what is your favorite soft drink? I don't want to make this extremely controversial right now. <laughs> your favorite controversial? How would you? How would it be controversial for a soft drink? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say my favorite soft drink is between Big Red or Root Beer sometimes. All right. All right. Big Red or Root Beer. I don't drink a lot of pop or what you call soda anymore. I do occasionally. <laughs> I'll have a Sprite or a Root Beer and on occasion... But for the most part, it's water, sweet tea, milk, maybe Gatorade for me. But yeah, that's that's all. Okay, let's see what's next. Mm. You okay over there? <laughs> yeah, I just touched one of my burns. Okay. Uh, how? Okay, Baby Bok Choi asks, "What would be the ultimate Dota hero power couple pairing?" What's their relationship? How did they meet? What's their day-to-day -day life like? Okay. I have a Dota 2 big, I have a big Dota 2 poster right here. Let me look at it. Okay. Dota 2 power couple. Pick two heroes that you think these two would go together. Okay. Mm. While you're thinking, I'm going to offer mine. Okay? Okay. I'm going to offer Wisp and Primal Beast. Because they don't necessarily get into arguments because they can't understand each other. It's just beeps and growls. <laughs> I considered throwing Phoenix in there, but Phoenix, you can sometimes tell when Phoenix is laughing or growling <laughs> or something else. So I'm going to say Wisp and uh, Primal Beast. That is my Dota 2 power couple. What makes them a power couple? You you pair up a Wisp and a Primal Beast, and you try to take them on. They will run over you. You are not going to get any kills. In fact, maybe we should try that pair in lane sometime. Maybe we should try Wisp, because you do play Wisp. I, I do play Wisp, correct. Yeah, you do play IO, so maybe we should try an IO, uh, IO Primal Beast lane sometime. All right, have you come up with a, a power couple? I was thinking Slardar Naga Siren, and it's kind of it's kind of obvious the relation right there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because they're both like part of the water and they're fishy. <laughs> okay, they're both fishy, <laughs> and I don't know if this relates to any of the gameplay, but there is a lot of um, like ability setups that can be used. There's a ton of lockdown. Mm, okay, and fairly sure like they're they're both pretty quick as well okay so okay 
And now here's here's a Dota lore question. I'm gonna see if you know this or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monkey King has Brood Mother. Oh, okay. You already knew that one. All right. So for the listeners who may not know, Monkey King has lore of being romantically involved with one of the other heroes. Who that is is Brood Mother. I don't know why. I have not gone in to understand it. But Monkey King and Brood Mother. I don't get it. But that's all right. All right. Uh, we'll just do a couple other quick ones here. Ye old Raven asks, which Dota 2 item would you fight tooth and nail for during a secret Santa gift event? Oh my. So one of those dirty Santa gift exchanges. What Dota 2 item would you see out there that you would fight for? Ooh. I would... I would probably fight for the Shadow Blade. Ooh. I I just really like I punch somebody, it's just gonna hurt more when I'm invisible. That, that's gonna be great against my little brother. But Oh goodness. Oh, this is this is telling a little okay. bit more about our lives <laughs> than I think I expected. Uh, mine would be the uh, boots of teleportation. Travel. Boots of travel. Yes. I want to... I, I enjoy being other places. I don't enjoy the process of getting to other places. So... Hey, you need a town portal scroll for that. Yes. Yeah, but if I could just get the TP boots, then I wouldn't have to only use them once. doesn't matter if there's a bit of a cooldown. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Last question for today. From Praetor. How do we get Valve to raise their tournament standards to reach the quality level that the WLDL sets? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, obviously, they need to take... they First of all, they need to have Permasneeze do more of the casting. Okay. There's not nearly enough Permasneeze casting in Valve events. And two, they need to emphasize hats before strats. Oh, yes. That is very important. They need to emphasize the items. uh, They need to emphasize the cosmetic items over the in-game items. And if they cannot... Because one of the attributes is style, as Pangalier says. Yes, yes. That if it, there should be style points awarded, like <laughs> you guys, you guys have the base courier. One of your players has the base courier. That's minus five gold or something like that. Or you know, there should be penalties and rewards for the style. I think there should like throughout a major or a tournament, they should have like style points for each team that add up, and whatever team has like most style points. Maybe, I don't know, it gets a reward of some sort. <laughs> I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Yeah. Now, would this be entirely based on their cosmetics, or would this be based on the plays that they make, or perhaps how they show up in the booths, or all those things together? I think it's going to be, how. first of all, how they show up, and second of all, their like, sets. Uh, those two things should make up the style points. The style points. They should all show up in, like, chicken costumes or something <laughs> like that. And that would give them, like, a lot of style points. That's very nice. Well, the year that Team Spirit did the Naruto run out to their oh booth, that's the year they won the major. <laughs> so maybe oh we can have all of Team Liquid do the gritty out to their booth. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> this has gone off the rails. Yeah, this really has. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that is going to close it for this episode of We Like Dota. 
episode 400. Uh, Savage Cake, Ian, is there anything else that you would like to add or any shout-outs you want to give? Um, I will say shout-out to the Dagon team just for putting up with some of my bad smokes at the beginning of the game, <laughs> like right inside the base, some of the... Some of the things I still need to learn. But... That's okay. We all have learned. And here's, and let me tell you, here's one example of something I didn't understand until several months into playing. I once picked up an invis rune as lion, and I decided mm -hmm. to gank mid, and I walked right under tower, not realizing I could be seen, and I died. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that was that was bad. That was it's very like, what's early. going on? Exactly. It's like, me? I'm invisible. Why am I, why am I getting hit? All right. Well, for those of you who have sat through, thank you for this, uh, for giving us your time at We Like Dota. You can always check out WeLikeDota.com. Check out our Discord. That is where most of the community interaction happens. Thanks to our community team. Thanks to our WLDL admin team for overseeing the WLDL this year. My name is Elihu, that is Savage Cake, and until next time, have a great one.